0: So at the beginning of this year, we started the series on love, and it it's a series that I've been doing for years, and uh, it is going to teach us, has been teaching us how to love well. Our church is called what? What is this church called? Life, life well. Right. And so the, the tagline, the motto, if you will, is living life well, or live well, love well, life well. So I thought that I, before we hit Lent and the, the Easter season, I would jump into a brief series about living life well well. Now, this isn't a prosperity doctrine message or something like that, but uh, I think that the Lord wants you to have a good life. That's why you're here. He wants you to find Him. He wants you to live your life for Him. Now, it's interesting. uh, When we give our lives to Jesus, we say Jesus is Lord, and that means that we put Him in charge. And the scripture is very clear. It tells us that um, He redeemed us from sin and death. That means He bought us from that sin and death, and that we are to offer our bodies to Him as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable. So, um, there's a couple of verses that I want to jump into here, and uh, if you are in the Bible app, you will be able to find those pretty quickly. And if not, you get your paper copy of Scripture. We're going to go to First Corinthians six, nineteen, and twenty. It says, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Well, back up. Who do I belong to when I say Jesus is Lord? I, I belong to Jesus. Jesus. You're not your own. So there's been a lot of drama uh, since we, you know, got into this pandemic. And, uh, you know, a lot of it has to do with, you know, my body, my choice, vaccination should be up to me and so forth. But the reality is when you come to know Jesus, you're saying my body, my life belongs to you, Lord. So that's what it says and reminds us that when we say Jesus is Lord, we've given him our life. And that means we've given him our body as well. You are not your own. Verse 20, for you have been bought for a price, therefore glorify God in your body. So that's the number one thing that I want you to understand, that your body belongs to God. And that is really the reason why you should be healthy. People have all sorts of reasons uh, that they want to get fit, right? They want to get in shape. They want to look better. I mean, you know, the warm weather today is reminding us that, you know, the time is... is coming when we're going to be able to be outside and, and in our swimsuits. And so we want to look better for that. But what I'm trying to help you understand is God wants your physical life to be good because your body belongs to him. And then the scripture says over in Romans chapter 12, I, uh, he says, "I, I, I adjure you brothers by the mercies of God to offer up your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Now, You know, I want to say, okay, well, we're offering up our lives, but what you have that composes your life on earth is this body that you're moving around in. And I was thinking about this uh, yesterday and today, and I was thinking, you know, our bodies today are a whole, because of how mobile we are, our bodies are a lot like cars, right? It's a a lot like a mode of transportation. And... You know, some of us are very, very particular about our vehicles and what that vehicle, you know, whether it's fast or whether it looks good. Uh, Some of us are are particular about, you know, how we, uh, you know, keep our vehicles clean and these sorts of things, which in the weather that we've been dealing with is really hard, right? Every time I go through the car wash, it's like... Boom, and we've got all this trash all over. But I want you to think of your body as, as your vehicle. That's how you get through this life. It, your body is your vehicle. When your car is running good, you don't think about it, do you? You just get in, you start it, and it takes you where you need to go. Um, you know, if you've got a, a car that's got all of these different comforts and features and so forth, you kind of get used to using them, and, and you know, it just becomes an extension of you, really, as you're driving around. And your your body is your way of getting around the world and getting around in this life. And so you should take care of your car. You should change the oil every 3,000 miles or, uh, you know, if you're, if you're using synthetic like I am, it's every 5,000 miles. Um, you should put, you know, decent gas in your car. Uh, you should rotate the tires, all of those sorts of things. You probably know this. Your car's going to last longer. It's going to last up above, you know, 100, 150, maybe even 200,000 miles if you'll just take care of it. Guess what? Your body is the same way. If you take care of your body, it's going to last longer. You know, some people are just, uh, you know what, I don't care. I just want to I just want to feel good. I just want to eat what I want to eat and do what I want to do. I don't want to exercise and do all that. But see, the thing is, if you don't take care of your body, it starts pushing back, right? And you start feeling bad, even though all you want to do is feel good because you've been spending all your time eating and not exercising and just feeling good, now suddenly your body is pushing back and you don't feel good anymore, even though you spend all that time trying to feel good. So what I want you to understand is there are good practical reasons for you to take care of your body. But number one, if you're a Christian, the number one reason is because your body belongs to the Lord and you want to offer him a good sacrifice. So there's a story uh, in the uh, in the Old Testament over in uh, the book of Malachi, the prophet Malachi is addressing the people of Israel about their sacrifices. Now, back then, they offered these uh, animal sacrifices. I mean, today we would find that abhorrent, but that's what they did. They offered. They would take the you know the the lamb, or they would take uh, the the you know the ox sometimes. And they would bring that and they would offer it on the altar. And so Malachi is a prophet of God. And he starts telling them, you know, your offerings are not very good because they're not healthy. They're not your first and they're not your best. Listen to this. This is Malachi chapter one, verse six. A son honors his father and a servant, his master. Then this is God speaking. Then if I am a father, where's my honor? And if I'm a master, where's my respect, says the Lord of armies uh, to you, the priests who despise my name. But you say, how have we despised your name? You are presenting defiled food upon my altar. And that's what they're calling these sacrifices, food, right? But you say, how have we defiled you? In that you say the table of the Lord is to be despised. And when you present a blind animal for sacrifice, is it not evil? Or when you present a lame or sick animal, is it not evil? So offer it to your governor. Would he be pleased with you or would he receive you kindly, says the Lord of armies? But now... Uh, do indeed plead for God's favor so that he will be gracious with us with such an offering on your part will he receive any of you kindly so I started thinking about this and I I started thinking if my body is a living sacrifice to God we're not offering animals uh, dead animals on the altar anymore you're offering your body right so we're so concerned about looking good for other people You know, we're so concerned about being in shape so that we, you know, can, I don't know, run a a 10K or something. And these are all good things, but the reality is your rationale for being in shape, for being physically healthy, is that you are to offer your body, your body as a living sacrifice, all right? Now, I'm not going to get into, uh, you know, uh, how do you feel about your body and these sorts of things, because it's really not, uh, y- God is not using the same standards as human beings, right? We look at the outward appearance, God looks at the heart. Um, people can feel like they're too skinny. They can feel like they're overweight. They can feel like they're, you know, a lot of different things. But the reality is God is going to uh, Receive the sacrifice that you offer of your body as you offer it willingly as a healthy sacrifice. So the reality is when you go to the gym, it can be an act of worship. In fact, I will tell you, I put headphones in my ears when I'm at the gym. I mean, these days you have to, right? Because there's so much grunting and yelling and all kinds. of. I mean, I belong to a pretty decent gym too. And it's, you know, I, you've got these guys over in the alpha one, you know, and they're all, oh, you know, getting serious and getting swole and, you know, and they've got their music going on or whatever, man, I just put my headphones in and I'm listening to my music and my music is worship music, Um and that helps me to understand that I'm not there to worship me. I'm not the idol. I'm not there to worship some other, you know, beauty that's out there. And there are some fine looking young women that are out there working out. I don't wear my glasses. That's why. Because I don't want to be distracted. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. This, I'm a male. You, you thought that I was just a eunuch or something, but No there there's some nice looking ladies that work out up there i don't wear my glasses and it's like y'all over here you're just a blur you know you're like a monet painting so that's better for me got my headphones in listening to my jesus music got my glasses off so uh i run into uh nicholas is upstairs working with the kids and uh, he's working with our youth now as well. But he works out the same time as I do on uh, in the morning. And a lot of times I'll see him across the gym, but I'm not really sure if it's him. You know, so he has to come to me and say hi because I'm not, you know, especially not going to roll up on some dude and say, hey, I, oh, wrong guy. Okay. <laughs> Not what I want. But if I understand that my body's not evil, it's not filthy, it's not defiled, it's not something ugly. We talk about the flesh, but the flesh and, and the flesh being evil, but the flesh is not my skin. The flesh is me without God, and me without God is going to go wrong every time. All right? So the number one thing I want you to get is that you offer your body as a living sacrifice. Therefore, it's a good reason for you to get in shape. Um, number two, self discipline is necessary. Uh, if I'm going to get in shape and I'm going to stay in shape, then I've I've got to learn to discipline myself. And that means that I'm going to have to do some things that are not pleasant. They're not pleasurable. The scripture says all discipline or all training, that word in Greek can mean training, right? All discipline uh, for the moment does not seem to be joyful, but in the end, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. So it's like anything at first it's hard, right? Maybe it's been a while since you did anything like, you know, the first, of the year, you were like, I'm going to get in shape. And like three weeks in, you're like, eh, I guess I'm not. Um, and so now we're rolling up on March and I'm suddenly preaching this message on fitness and health and so forth. Well, see, I think that that's good because now we can get you to start thinking about this outside of this idea of New Year's resolutions and so forth. And maybe you can put something permanent in place that will make you uh, better, healthier. All right. Um, self-discipline is necessary but you're not alone the holy spirit will bring this into your life so fitness Believe it or not, it doesn't have to be this, this thing that just you do. It can be a, a fruit of the Holy Spirit because fitness is a part of a life of self-discipline, a life lived doing what you know you need to do, not just what you feel like doing all the time. Uh, Galatians 5.22 and 23 is the fruit of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control or self-discipline. So there it is. Number three, fitness has earthly value. But godliness is of value on earth and in eternity. So uh, in First Timothy 4.8, it says that bodily discipline has some value, has limited value. But godliness has value both now and now and in eternity. So there is limited value to you taking care of your physical body. It's limited by time. We're down here for this this limited period of time. But godliness is a type of discipline that extends beyond your physical body into these other areas of your life, your, your, your mental life, your emotional life, your spiritual walk, and so forth, right? So fitness can be, believe it or not, a fruit of the Holy Spirit. You can work out without just you know, focusing on yourself and, and so forth, Right? Um, and number four, discipline produces peace in the end. Now, I quoted that verse just a moment ago. For the moment, all discipline seems painful. This is the, uh, I memorized a different translation that I quoted a second ago. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So I want to encourage you to look at a making a plan for uh, physical health and fitness as an act of worship to the Lord. I want you to enjoy your body. I want you to realize that your body is the sacrifice that you're offering to God. I don't want you to be in this this comparison that we sometimes find ourselves in where we're looking at some fitness model or some celebrity or some athlete. Listen, the reality is you're you and God has a plan for you. And you can look at somebody as perhaps a role model if they're a good role model. But uh, I was watching some video uh, yesterday on YouTube uh, regarding Steph Curry. And this guy is one of the best shooters that the NBA has ever seen. I'm never going to be able to shoot like Steph Curry, right? He's just got, he had a dad that taught him how to shoot. He'd been doing it since he was little. So a lot of it is practice, right? And he practices a lot. He works up, but he's 33 years old now. And the position that he plays, that would normally kind of push him out of the top tier in the NBA, but that's not the case with him, right? Um, And he's got a lot of good things going for him as well. But see, if I want to be Steph Curry, it's just not going to happen. I'm not going to be him. I can practice and practice and maybe get my... My shot down, right? But there's so many other things that are going on there. You have to have the genetics and you have to have the the history and so forth. So we, I think we need to stop telling ourselves and telling our kids, you can be whatever you want to be because you really can, but you can be what God created you to be. Amen. Amen. And that's better than anything you want to be. See, you think you want to be this, or you want to be that. And then you find out it's kind of like buyer's remorse. Once you get into it, you realize, man, that's not what I was all about anyway. That's not why I was created. Now, when you're a kid, when you're younger, try everything. You don't know. You don't know what God's got you doing. Man, play baseball, play basketball, play an instrument. Go do it all. Do it all. But don't think that that means that you're going to become a professional athlete or, uh, you know, a celebrity or something like that. That's not really what you, you need to be even worried about. What you need to do is seek the Lord and say, hey, man, God, why did you put me down? here because you got a reason for me being here. And he does, every one of you. And in fact, at different points in your life, you're going to find that you are uh, put in position to do different things, right? But you've got gifts. In fact, we were talking about spiritual gifts on Wednesday. Um, you can check those uh, messages out, those teachings out uh, on our YouTube uh, channel, youtube.com slash I know that's weird, but that's the Anglo-Saxon origin of my name. If you ever see D-E-O-R-L online, it's always me because nobody would put something as weird as that. Um <laughs> But nonetheless, if you go to that if you go to that uh, that channel, you'll see that we've got this uh, this series on on First Corinthians that I'm teaching on Wednesday, and there's two spiritual gifts one and spiritual gifts two, and that might help you to understand uh, what God has given you as a spiritual gift once you come to know Jesus, so that you can figure out what you're down here to do. All right, so. Um, that's kind of the basis, right? That, that's the motivation. I want you to be motivated to get healthy. I want you to be motivated to get fit. I want you to keep your life. I'm, I'm rolling up on 60 and I'm in good shape. I work out six days a week, right? I'm carrying around a little bit more here uh, than I should, but I'll, I'll work that out or, or work it off somehow, one way or the other. It, it's getting to where not all my pants and shirts fit, so I'm going to have to do something about that. But, I, you know, I'm still fit. I'm still healthy. I can still run. I can still do karate. I'm still doing all these things. But the reality is if I hadn't been working out all these years, man, there's all, there's all sorts of things that could have already broke down. Um, so those of you that are younger and you're like, I don't need to do all that. Yeah, you need to plan for being older, right? But in the end, I want you to say, hey, I want to offer myself up, my best physical life up as a sacrifice to God a living sacrifice a healthy holy sacrifice and I'm going to get a lot of the benefit out of that because you're going to feel better you're going to look better um, and it's going to be something that uh, that you'll like so um, I'm going to conclude the message like already yeah Uh, but there's seven points in the conclusion so it might take a little while (laughs) This is, this is where I get practical with you. And I converted this, so if you're, if you're on the Bible app, I, I, I made that so that you can take a look at it. Um, if you've got your bulletin, you're, the fill-in is a little different because I altered these just a bit. So uh, just hang in there with me. Um, these are seven rules to health and fitness. Seven rules to health and fitness, right? Rule number one is the rule of accumulation. Say that, please. Everything accumulates over time. What does that mean? Everything adds up over time, all right? Fitness or fatness, it adds up over time, right? Everything, it's, everything is incremental, right? So I ha- got braces. Uh, in fact, I just had them uh, put on. This has been, what, three years ago? Manny and Teresa, you're, where am I looking at Manny and Teresa? There they are, okay? Your wedding anniversary three years ago? Three years, okay. That's when I got my bra I had just gotten my braces on when I had the privilege of officiating their wedding, and I wore them for two and a half years, right? Now, those of you that have known me for a long time, uh, my teeth were, it was difficult for me, right? It was difficult for me to smile. Uh, My jaw was hurting. There was all sorts of issues, right? Now, my teeth are not perfect now, but see, I have a decent smile. (laughs) Give me. I used to always smile, but I was missing a tooth here. My teeth were all crooked on the bottom. You know, it's just like, oh man, I just always felt bad. I would look at myself and I'd be like, oh, that's just. So that's why a lot of the time I, you know, was doing this. But that took two and a half years of them. Uh, they, I couldn't do Invisalign. They showed me what Invisalign would look like, and my teeth would have still been pretty crooked. I had to do old school wire braces, right? I mean, I had stuff poking me in the cheek. I had the. They're cranking these things down my mouth is sore. It was two and a half years of this thing pulling, pushing, and prying my mouth. But you know what? Everything accumulates over time, and they were able to straighten my teeth out. So you may look at yourself now, and you may say, you know, I'd like to be in shape, but I can't even walk up those stairs over there to get my kids without feeling like I'm gonna have a heart attack, right? And I know those stairs are steep. They really, really are. Um, But you don't have to worry about where you are now. You set goals to get where you want to be. Amen? Right? Realize everything accumulates over time. Even if you're doing nothing, that accumulates over time as well. So let's go back to the example of an automobile. Um one of the things that I've thought about looking for is one of these uh, these automobiles that somebody has had but not really driven because I would I'm tired of making payments. Anybody else making car payments or you're getting sick of it? I mean, I'm getting sick of making car payments. Golly, man, I'd like to have that money, but I want something that when I get in it, it'll start. So I thought if I could just find somebody that's like older that you know took care of their vehicle and just didn't drive it very much, that would be great. But see, there are these. Um, They call them barn finds, right? These vehicles that somebody just parked inside a garage or a barn and then just did nothing to the vehicle. It just sat there. So even though it doesn't have any miles on it, you still have to do a whole lot of work on those cars because all the rubber is rotted off. Uh, The gas may have turned to gelatin inside the tank. Um, There's all sorts of problems because the car has... Uh, just been sitting without anybody driving. The first thing that will happen if you have a car that's just sitting uh, is your battery will go dead. So that alternator has to continue to charge your your battery. So one of the things you want to do if you're not driving your car a lot is you want to start it about once a week, Drive it around the block, or just run it for a little bit and keep the battery up. But all of that stuff happens. It's like your physical body. If you don't work, if you don't do anything, your muscles start to atrophy, right? So that is an accumulation of the negative. All right, so that's number one. Rule number two, the rule of assessment. Say that. Meet yourself where you are. Now, especially those of us that are older and maybe you like, maybe you were an athlete when you were in high school uh, or maybe it's only been, you know, a few years and you used to work out. You used to work out with weights or you used to run or whatever. And so you decide you're going to get back into it. And you remember, let's say you're a runner and you remember when you could run five miles and, you know, you could do it in, I don't know, 45 minutes. Okay, that would be a pretty good clip. Um and now you get out and, like, you run a mile and you feel like you're, you're going to barf up a lung. And so you just, you just want to quit. Or, or let's say you, you lifted weights when you, were, when you were younger, or even, you know, four or five years ago. And you get in the weight room and you start trying to lift the way you used to lift. And then you're so sore for the next week or two weeks that you feel like you got in an automobile accident. You can't think, well, I used to be able to do this, so I should still be able to do it. That's not the way it works. You've got to meet yourself where you are. So this is why I say rule of assessment. Assess where you are first. So when you get back into the gym or when you decide to go out and you want to start running or whatever, you need to take it easy on yourself. You need to figure out where you're at right now. Not where you think you should be. Where are you at right now? Okay. So I've been lifting weights forever and a day. I know it doesn't show, but I have. Um, and what I haven't been doing lately is running. And I thought that I would entice myself to run by buying new running shoes. Nope, that doesn't work. They're still sitting in the bag. And I've run precisely twice in those new running shoes because I hate running. Oh, I hate it so bad. I really, really do. So while my my physical life is looking good as far as strength and these other things, I mean, I can do 25 pull-ups, uh, You know, I can do 50 push-ups, all this. Right now, I can't run a 5K. You know, which that's not very much. So if I were to sign up for a 5K, I'd need to sign up for one that's two or three months out and realize where I'm at right now I'm going to be running and walking and running and walking and running and walking. I've got to meet myself where I'm at now so that I can get to the place where I can run that 5K. And then once I can run the 5K, maybe I want to go up to a 10K, right? Or a half marathon or something like that. Or maybe I just want to increase my time. Then what I have to do, again, is meet myself where I am, assess where I am, right? And then what do I do? Then I move forward. So uh, rule number three is the rule of advancement. Say that you always want to move forward, all right? If you sit still, you atrophy. If you sit still, everything else moves beyond you. You need to plan on moving ahead. Even when we get older, you need to employ this rule of advancement, always move forward, all right? And so in order to do that in a way that uh, is, is going to work, then I need to realize the next rule, and that's the rule of achievement, say that. Set reasonable and measurable goals. So um, let's go back to running that I hate so much. When I run, oftentimes to get back in shape for one of these things, I run on the treadmill. And so what I do is I can set the speed on the treadmill. And this, this will be very, very telling to you about how I'm not very much of a runner. But what I usually do is I start off by uh, running for 60 to 90 seconds and I'll go uh, about 6.2 miles per hour, okay? And that's, uh, that's about a nine and a half minute mile. And then I'll drop it back down to four miles an hour, which is a fast walk, okay? A moderate walk would be three miles an hour, okay? And I'll do that, just let my heart settle down for 60 seconds and then I'll boost it back up. During the time that I'm doing this, I'm aiming to run for 30 minutes, but every time I hit that little rest interval, it's a a really, really nice goal, right, that I can reach. I can say, okay, I can do this, I can do this. So now I'm going to run for two minutes or two and a half minutes or five minutes, right? But I know I've got that rest, so I've got that goal that's right there sitting in front of me that I can reach. And then my greater goal is, hey, I want to get back down to where I'm running nine-minute miles uh, so that when I run a 5K, then I can run it in about 27 minutes, all right? Now, that's for me. You may be younger, you may run faster, uh, it may work better. You know, you may be where you can still run an eight-minute mile, right? You might be where you can run a seven-minute mile. I was watching a YouTube video, and there's this kid, a five-year-old kid, right? And he came in, in 24 minutes on a 5K. That's a five-year-old. 24 minutes, he was running eight-minute miles. I'm like, I am jealous of you, you little five-year-old, because his little feet are, you know, going like this the whole time yeah I might be able to run one mile in eight minutes and then I would promptly get taken to the hospital so but you've got to set goals so if you're outside running then you can set distance goals you can say okay I want to run around my neighborhood right the first time and now I'm going to run around my neighborhood twice right uh you know I want to run this far but each time I hit a mile marker then there's there's another goal If you're looking to improve your physical well-being in some way, um, let's say at the beginning of the year we would have all been talking about losing weight. All right, Um, you're not gonna just drop all of this weight that you've accumulated over the years overnight. It's gonna take time. And so you need to give yourself a break. You need to take care of yourself. Aim to lose a pound a week. You can do this. Now that may not seem like you're losing uh, losing enough weight right, a pound a week. And initially, if you get on a diet, you may find that the first week, uh, you know, you, you lose five pounds, right? And you're like, oh man, if I can lose five pounds a week, then I'm gonna be, but you won't lose five pounds a week. You can aim at, at doing a pound a week, right? How many weeks are in a year? 52. So, let's say, you know, you've gained some weight over time. I don't, you know, I don't know if you would feel like you needed to lose 52 pounds. But I'm just saying, if you make a reasonable goal of losing one pound per week, you can do that. Everything accumulates over time. By the end of a year, you will have dropped a bunch of weight. You see how that works? Okay? So, um... The rule of accumulation, everything accumulates over time or adds up over time. The rule of assessment, meet yourself where you are. The rule of advancement, always move forward. The rule of achievement, set achievable, measurable goals. This is not an achievable goal. I just want to feel better. That's not a measurable goal, right? You, you'll feel better and then you won't. And then you'll feel better and then you won't. You, you need to be reasonable. Right, and then it has to be measurable. You have to say, "This is what I want to do. I want to lose 15 pounds in three months." Okay, that's doable. Uh, You know, I want to. I want to be able to run a 5K in three months. That's doable, and you can you can measure that. You can set up goals along the way. All right. Number five, I just wanted to make all of these alliterate. So far, they've all been A's, uh, right? Accumulation, assessment, advancement, achievement. Um, This is just called the rule of eating. (laughs) All right. You need to have a healthy diet, friends. You can work out and work out and work out. But if your diet is not healthy, then the fuel that you're taking in, the micronutrients and the macronutrients that you're taking in are not going to help you. Right? You, you're eating just a bunch of junk. We all need to eat more healthy food. Now, here's something I'm going to say to you. Um, the rule of eating means you need to eat what is good for you regardless of whether you like it. <laughs> See, this is the problem. Well, I don't like vegetables. Are you five? No, seriously. You need to eat vegetables. Well, I don't like them, but it doesn't matter. The rule of eating, you need to have nutritious food coming into your body. You need to be healthy. Stop thinking like a child, right? Do you feed your kids candy all the time? I hope not, okay? You need to be, now this doesn't mean you need to turn into, you know, a a vegan or something like that. You can have these occasional times, you know, when you have a little reward here and there, but the problem with these rewards is they move in on each other until it's all reward, right? I mean, that's really it. I, I got to the place where, Uh, I go over to Intrinsic all the time, and they have these different cheesecakes that they have over there. And I love cheesecake. Can you tell? I love cheesecake. And so I haven't had, maybe I've had one in this month. But I started off February saying, no, I can't do that anymore. I've got to eliminate. And now I wasn't even doing it that often, just maybe twice a week or whatever. But as I said, everything accumulates, right? And... A cheesecake is one of the highest calorie, most calorie dense desserts you can put in your body. That and pecan pie, right? And I love them both. So, what I have to say is, okay, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that, right? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to have that as a reward, and maybe I'll, you know, I'll have it once a month or something like that. But we need to stop just eating what tastes good because what tastes good a lot of times is just sugar. And fat and salt. And so if, I will say this. Once you start eating healthier, those things that initially didn't taste that good at least don't taste as bad anymore. And then eventually you get this homeostasis where your body is used to bringing in these correct nutrients and it equalizes. And now you have what uh, physicians call uh, body wisdom or dietitians call body wisdom. When you're healthy, your body will crave what you need when you're not it doesn't okay so the rule of eating all right the rule of exercise yep you do need to exercise he said i don't like to exercise again it's about discipline you need to find a fitness activity that you'll stick with and this can be anything this can be walking If you walk regularly and you walk briskly, it is an extremely healthy activity. You can get your heart rate up into a a, a really good zone. You should walk fast enough to where you break out in a very light sweat. You should not be walking so fast that you're out of breath. You should be able to walk and carry on a conversation with someone who is next to you. And further, if you're going to walk, you need to push it to where you're walking 30 minutes, and then 40 minutes, and then an hour, okay? If you can do that, and you can do other things. See, this is the thing. You can uh, you can be listening to the Bible. You say, okay, I wanna read more of the Bible. You've got the Bible app, click it, start listening to it. Do your walking, you can be praying, Do your walking, okay? You may not have an hour to dedicate to this right away, so you can split it up throughout the day, right? Walk 15 minutes, four times. Walk 30 minutes, two times. But start off where you're at. Again, it's that rule of assessment. Meet yourself where you're at. And carve out the time so that you can do this. Now, there may be other activities that you like. Maybe you like to play basketball. Uh, Maybe you like to play tennis. Uh, These are great activities. You can join my karate club right? Uh, We teach you a basic workout that you could do at home. So these are all possible activities, but the rule of exercise is you've got to continue to do something. You really do. Okay, now I know a lot of you work hard, like your job just takes it out of you, Unfortunately, it's not doing what you need it to do as far as fitness is concerned. It's just wearing you out. And that's why you don't want to exercise. And I completely understand, right? Uh, My life is different than yours. I'm able to structure my life and plan my life differently. And so it's easier for me to say this than it may be for you to do this. But find something that you can do, even if you say, you know what? I don't have all that time. Start with 10 minutes a day. Start with 10 minutes a day. I promise you can exercise for 10 minutes and then move further and further forward. But find something that you will do consistently. It doesn't have to be what everybody else will do, right? So that's the rule of exercise. And finally, the rule of rest. Rest is essential to your health. You can't just work yourself and work yourself and work yourself, whether that's your job or whether that's exercise. You have to have time to rest and you have to have time to recover. And this is why God created the earth or the the universe, right, in seven measured periods, seven days, and then rested on the seventh day and established that Sabbath. You need a Sabbath too. You need the opportunity to rest mentally and physically. And if you're working out, your body needs the time to recover, So this is the thing about about weightlifting, those of you that that do that sort of thing, or stretching for that matter. If you do intense stretching, you're tearing down tissue and it has to, now these are micro tears. So this isn't talking about a a major muscle tear that, you know, you have to spend six months recovering from or something. Um, These are micro tears. This is why after you work out, you're sore. You can't keep pushing it. You need to give yourself time to recover. So if you're working out with weights, you need about 72 hours for that particular uh, muscle group to recover. Recovery is essential. If you're looking to grow, growth happens during recovery, not during the workout. The workout is the teardown, but growth happens during that recovery period, assuming, of course, that you're following that rule of eating and you have a nutritious and healthy diet. So that's it. Very simple, these are seven rules. Employ them and apply them to your own life, right? The rule of accumulation, everything adds up over time. The rule of assessment, meet yourself where you are. The rule of advancement, always move forward. The rule of achievement, set achievable, set reasonable, set measurable goals. The rule of eating, Diet is essential. You have to have a healthy diet. The rule of exercise, find a fitness activity that you will consistently participate in four to six days a week. And then finally, the rule of rest, at least one out of seven. Spend that time resting and recovering, all right? So hopefully I've motivated you to want to offer up your body to the Lord as a living sacrifice. And I've given you a way to do that, a way to accomplish that. And I did it before noon, amen.